Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Christine Reeves. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, she made her national tour debut in Mamma Mia where she was in the ensemble and understudied Sophie. She's since been in Wicked as Nessa Rose, made her Broadway debut in Les Miserables, been in Pippin as Catherine, and toured with Finding Neverland. Please welcome Christine Reese. So, how have you been? Thank you so much for joining me on this. No, today. thank you for reaching out. I'm okay. good. I'm good. I'm busy and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, speaking of busy, I know I was researching on your website, and you do, and you do teaching and coaching. So I'm going to get right into that. That was actually last on my question list. But I want to talk about that first. So yeah, that's actually been um, the thing that's been keeping me so busy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what do you have specific questions about it or just like a general question? So when did you start that? And why is it why is teaching and coaching like something that you decided on doing? And also, why is it important to use your experience from theater to teach up and coming students? Yeah, um, it's kind of a little bit of a long story. So like, stop me if you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously COVID happened. And right before COVID, I was I was pregnant for all of almost all of 2019. So you know, I did do a show when I was when I was newly pregnant. And then you know, you get to a point where you're like, I can't this is a situation that I can't pretend is not happening. Um, and so I was kind of like, wasn't working for a period of time for very obvious reasons. And then I had my son and he was like four months old when COVID happened. And I was literally, I had submitted, um, uh, my first audition video, um, like the week before COVID happened. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to get back to auditioning. Cause you know, I don't, maybe I'm different than other people, but. I just like wasn't ready after I had my son. I just really wanted to be home with him. And I, the last thing I wanted yeah. to do was like singing and going away and doing a tour or something. So I started submitting and then COVID happened. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, from the outset was like, this is gonna be two weeks. <laughs> I was like that too. I was like, it's gonna be fine. It'll be a week and a half. It's like- it's Yeah, cool. like, but like next week, the shows will open back up and everything yeah. will be fine. Um, sorry, sorry, my dog wants to get inside this room. So one second. That's all um, good. I love dogs. Come on, pup. Come on, bubby. My dog will probably um, do that too. <laughs> uh, and then about two months went by. And you know, my son wasn't even six months old. So obviously I was like busy being a mom, but I was very ready to like do something else because I just was bored, as we all were. And um, we actually did this program called Virtually Broadway, which is with City Springs Theater Company. And it was like in lieu of their show that they were going to do that summer, we did like coachings. And I had worked with people on audition coaching before. I never like taught a lot of students, but I had had here one, you know, one off like coachings. Yeah. Um, and it went really well. And then um, they actually offered us to come back in September to do their first attempt at like a in person, but you know, with um, plexi and stuff. And they were like, would you guys want to try? And we were like, yes, because we really wanted something to do. And then at that same time, we launched our first like virtual 
masterclass um, and it was very successful <clears throat> and that's kind of how it started and then from there truly our, our i would say like we had the 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 class that we started which was called project broadway at the time and then at the same time i started coaching a lot of students on their college auditions um their pre-screens which i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but it's like a whole thing yeah and then from that we created a conservatory so billy and i are the co-directors my husband billy and I are the co-directors of City Springs Theater Company's pre-professional company, which is now um, about 70 students between ages 12 and 18. Wow. Um, and it is basically uh, designed after, loosely designed after my um, training at CCM. It's, it's, a, it's, I would say it's like a baby musical theater BFA program. That's, um, it's one day a week. So when I say baby, it's baby, but it's that, and then from that, like I think I have about 30 private voice students, bunch of private acting students, and then I now have 20 seniors in my college, pre-college program. So I basically teach Tuesday, Wednesdays from like 12 until 9 p.m. And then on Thursdays, I teach from 11.30 to about five, Saturdays from about 10 to four, and Sundays from 12 to six. Um, and then if I'm in a show, which I'm going to be doing a show in December, I go from that. I'll, like, I won't obviously teach till nine. I'll teach till six, and then I'll go to rehearsal. You're just always on the move. Mm -hmm. We also have a photography business. <laughs> I'm like, when do you sleep? <laughs> we don't. Never. Uh, but I mean, I I love. So to answer your question, I that's how it happened. But I love empowering people to feel like good about what they're doing um and you know because i just feel like for so many years i was trying to be something that i thought people wanted me to be and i just wish i had one person say to me no what you're doing is good let me just make it like more clear let me let me clarify what you're trying to go for or like vocally i mean obviously i think i technically help people with their singing but i also try to just make people feel like not nervous and stand behind the, what they're doing. Um, and for college, a lot of it's like, it's, yeah, I'm coaching, they're, they're acting and stuff, but I'm also, it's a holistic coaching. It's like, talk to me about how you're doing. How can we find a song that is in service to you and your type and what you have to offer? And like, that does take a lot of time. I certainly will help somebody with it. They're like, I have 16 bars. We fixed these 16 bars. Like, yes, I will do that. But I much prefer a holistic approach. And I really strongly believe, you know, we all are talking right now. There's a lot of conversation about like changing the business. And I feel like, you know, from where I sit, I don't really have too much ability to like change it fundamentally but what i do have the ability to do is frame the people that will be in the business in five ten years and the way that they think about their work and the kind of work that they do and i think that that will inform the business in the future and so i'm very much an advocate of like what do you have to say is this an authentic version of you? Because a lot of people are trying to interpret, they're trying to um, make themselves sound like somebody else. And I'm so like, not about that. I'm like, no, be you, be, be you. Um, and, you know, just authenticity and honesty in our work and liking ourselves. Um, <laughs> 
So that was a really long version of, of, of an answer, but I, I just think it's, it's really been, uh, and now that I'm a mom too, like, it's like, I'm kind of their mom and their yeah. older sister, but also their, like, I'm, I, I have wear a lot of hats and I, I enjoy that. So. I mean, I was gonna say that like, you're watching these, you're watching these kids grow as performers and as people. Mm -hmm. and you get to give them like not only theater advice and singing advice and acting advice, but you get, get to give them like real life advice. Yeah, and I, I actually feel like, and you know, I would be curious to hear what the students out there think, or even their parents. I mean, I think I have a great relationship with my students. I have a great relationship with my students' parents, and all of the students' parents say to me, you know, you are very important to them. And I do feel like the coaching, the performance, and the coaching the person actually are like this. And some people might say, you know, you need you need to be careful because da 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 da. And I understand that, but I actually feel like if I can't have a conversation with my student about like how they are doing today, we can't really do the work yeah. because they're 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 like there's other stuff going on. Or if um you know, they're, they're anxious today or something like that's actually going to make their work affected. And, you know, we yeah. should use it, but like that, sometimes the coaching does turn into like, well, what, what are you anxious about? Can we, do you want to talk about it? And then they will. And then usually their work is amazing because they feel like they got it out. And there's stuff you cannot talk about with mom and dad. It's like true. you can't. Yeah, and, so and, and I understand, but like, I'm not trying to be a therapist. I'm not. But sometimes all we want is just one person to listen to us. Just one. And, and then we feel better. And then so I'm like, if I have to be that person and then teach you a voice lesson, that's fine. <laughs> like, and yeah. And have all, all the trust in you. Yeah. And and trust in you. So, so far it's been working great. So <laughs> anyway. I mean, and you also have so much real life experience to offer. Yes. Like I actually had two students yesterday, both of them back to back, one girl is 24 and one girl's 14. Oh and I had them in the same, I had them in the same like back to back. And they both came in with the exact same problem, which was I have severe crippling anxiety about performing. What, should, what, what am I gonna do? And so I ended up kind of having similar conversations with both of them. And it was just kind of interesting because they're in a very different place in their life. They're totally different performers. They're totally different singers, but they both, kind of came to me with the same thing. And so we ended up having a lot of discussion about like, well, you know, when I was doing Pippin or when I was doing Wicked, this is what happened to me and this is how I dealt with it. And I don't know if that works for you, but you should try it. And worst case scenario, it doesn't work. And then we, we can have a conversation about something else. And instead of, you know, with respect, going to a therapist who's like, has no idea what we're doing when we get up there. Yeah. It's not the same as, it's like its own special thing. So, um, they're like, great. So theater's yeah. a hobby and you're like, no, it's like a job that I want to do. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's an actual job. Like you don't understand yeah. how work goes into theater. Yes. Yes. It, it is pro it's my primary job now. Yes. I mean, I am still an actor and I still am all the things that I am, but I'm also a coach and a director. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean they they can't get that my dog is now scratching on the door <laughs> so, 
I, I was like, my dog is going to do the same thing and beg to come in. There you <laughs> go. Chihuahua Jack Russell mix. I have a Boston Terrier, so we love the I, I saw, oh my goodness. How, is it difficult, speaking of teaching, to like adjust to the post-COVID world and give advice post-COVID as opposed to pre-COVID? Um, I guess I would be lying if I didn't at least say it, some things are different. But quite honestly, it's it's the same and it's the same and it's not the same. So much of what we're doing now, whether it's for a school pre-screen, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that term. It's like the pre-audition process for- Yeah, so, so these, yeah. these schools, like to audition for, you know, Michigan, right? You you have to actually be invited to audition. So you have to send a pre-screen video first and then they invite you to audition. It's a whole thing. But anyway, that's on video first, as is pretty much still auditioning for a Broadway show. So it, they're actually kind of the same. I mean, they're asking for, they're asking for something different. But the storytelling rules are the same. And I had been doing self-tapes before COVID probably since like 2014 because I've so much of my career has been on the road and I always wanted to come in for things. And then they would say like, would you accept a tape? Now, when I started doing that, that was like the exception. And I was like, the t maybe two of us sent a tape and like 20 people went to the audition. But I, um, at the risk of sounding like I do not mean this to sound arrogant, but I actually have booked a lot of jobs from tapes, um, maybe like 50 50 tapes and in persons at this point. So I was very comfortable being on camera and doing musical theater. So for me, it's kind of the same. It's just like understanding what they're asking for. And and kind of trying to get people comfortable with with the camera and how it's like, not it's not the same okay. as actually for a TV show or a film. That is actually okay. different. Musical theater on camera is different than TV film, but in some way it's not. Um, the camera does not lie. You cannot get away with anything if you are not being honest. Which is also why I'm very much into the holistic approach. If you are not comfortable with yourself, we will see that. Um, and uh. I don't really know if that answered your question. I hope it did kind of, but, but then, you know, in the post COVID time, one thing I've really noticed, and if anybody listening wants to share feedback, I actually really want to hear it. Um, I feel like the weight of being a young person is feels heavier. And I feel like for my high school students, they missed two years of high school. And yeah. that to me is heartbreaking. And we can, we can, you know, I don't really want to talk about COVID because it makes me really sad, but yeah, it did. It did y'all dirty. You missed some stuff that I feel like is so important, like prom and, 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 you know, like maybe a boyfriend or two that you, even though you aren't still with them, but you would have had that experience. And like, it informs you about things in your future right. and like pre-calc online doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and, and so I feel like, um, it's not fun in person either, but. Yeah, and I feel like this, my, my seniors this year, like they seem, I can just feel that. Like they have just had so much stress 
And so I'll, I do feel like I, I was put in this position to be there to help them yeah. in this moment. And so when you're like, is it different than COVID? Yeah, because I don't think I would have had to do with some of that stuff that's not directly about the work, but it's indirectly about the work. And then like, you know, I've been very blessed. I've done a bunch of things on stage since COVID um, before people were really like comfortable with it. Like I was very, I was like, that's, I'm, I don't want, I want to do, we, we got to get back. Somebody's got to do it. And I feel okay about it. Like I felt confident enough that like the people that were in charge of the safety protocols that I worked with, like they, they knew what they were doing and I never, I never got COVID. So I feel fine. And, um, yeah. and I, I could tell that like people were scared to work. And I never was. I always felt like I was the person in the room who was like, hey, I'm here for you. Take it slow, but like, we're gonna be okay. It's okay. Because, you know, as actors, this, that is our identity, is being an actor. And all of a sudden when people didn't have that, I, you could just tell that they were like lost. And that's why I, I just was really committed to getting back to it as soon as I could, because it is a part of me. And to not have it a part of me, I just like couldn't, I couldn't get on very well. So I, I guess in some ways, the the coaching and the teaching is is directly tied to that because I feel like I had to be for also some of my friends in New York to be like, you gotta get back on stage because that's your happy place and you gotta be in your happy place. Like we gotta do it. Yes. And and then to sort of be there to witness when people were like, yeah, I'm, this feels good. Like, this is okay. I feel good. It was so exciting. Yeah. So I don't know. Did that answer your question? Yes, for sure. And it's really weird though, because like you would do, you do like a designer run, and we would all be in masks until the designer run, and then everyone would take their masks off, and you'd be like, "Wow, whoa, you're so gorgeous!" <laughs> it, I, it, this is my first time seeing you. <laughs> yeah, it's so different. Like the rehearsal space, I can imagine. You're like, wait, what? Oh, and now I can see everyone's face. Yeah, I mean, my like, first thing we did and this was in September of 2020, so it was very early. We did this concert and we were wearing masks and shields and goggles and we had plexi between us and we like only could walk within this box. And it was so, I'm not gonna lie, it was so hard to sing. I couldn't see myself. I couldn't see the music because every time I would look down, like it would fog up the goggles. <laughs> and it was so hard. And then when we actually did the show, because we were like testing a lot, of, obviously, of course, it was and everyone was fine. Um, and we were really proud of that project. Um, when we took the masks off and like, the, it was so easy to sing. I will like never take that for granted ever again, because I was sitting in those goggles and mask and shield. And I was like, I can't even like get through a phrase without taking seven breaths. <laughs> and the mask came off and I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, this is this is easy. Cool, yeah. great. Yeah, I, I mean, but everyone can relate who's sung in a mask that you're like, this is <laughs> yes, this is impossible. I mean, also shout out to the people who like who like made and still make the workplace safe for COVID because like that's huge what they do. I can't imagine. It's so much work. It is so expensive. Yeah. It, it's absurdly expensive, and you know, I think to be honest, I this was what I was always afraid of is just, and I don't even think we've even begun to understand like the effect that it has on regional theaters because they can't afford that. Yeah, 
Um, and so that's why so many things have gotten canceled because it's like just the testing alone is the, the amount of effort that goes into getting everyone tested for the first day of rehearsal. Um, and then if someone has a positive test, you have to test every day. And it's like, you got to think the cast, the crew, the musicians, the everyone. So we're talking hundreds of people and like the COVID compliance officers who are just like trying to keep everyone one of my students actually is a COVID compliance officer. So she's shared a lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah. And um, we talk about it a lot. And, um, but you know, when we were, when we were back, when we were in class, we, you know, they were behind Plexi and the kids were like frustrated, of course, but we, yeah. we did it. And we, and I just kept saying, Hey guys, but you know what? The alternative is we don't get to come here. And so let's just keep doing this until, until we can, until we don't have to anymore. And um, I'd rather, try to do I'd rather do this than not do this yes exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway yeah so I want to get into I feel like that's a good segue for when did you know that you wanted to be a theater performer and what was mm -hmm. the first show you saw when you were like wow like that is what I want to do okay I think it was in high school sometime I played sports in high school in like middle school and high school and then I guess maybe like my sophomore year I kind of like did the did the musical and then I did the play and I was in choir and like I've always liked to sing but so many people in this business have started from when they were like two and that's totally not me so I definitely came to it on my own accord but my mom used to always take me I grew up in Minnesota I'm not from there but I grew up there Ooh. And they actually, Minneapolis has a really great theater community, yeah. much like like a smaller version of Chicago, basically. Um, and I would go to see shows at the Orpheum and the Ordway and the Guthrie. And I think it was like the Les Mis tour sometime around, like I was 13 or 14. And then my mom took me to New York and I saw Jekyll and Hyde with Christiane Knoll, who's like one of my most favorite singers. And I saw the original cast and it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Wow. And I saw Miss Saigon. Like I just, all those shows, like I like, that is my era that I feel I'm actually was born like four years too late. Um, and sometime around there. So I guess it was like 98, 99. Um, and then I kind of turned to my parents when I was a junior in high school. And I said, I think I want to go to school for musical theater. And to my parents' credit, they were like, okay. They basically just said, you have to get you have to get straight A's in school and you have to get a fine uh, academic scholarship and then then we will like let you go. And I said, okay. And um, I mean it's very different now. I didn't have to do the pre-screen or anything. Um I just I really loved it. I loved I loved um just becoming a different character. And like, I just felt like, you know, some people say, oh, when I'm on stage, I feel alive. I, I wouldn't say that. I would just say like, when I'm doing my character and like talking to the other person and like in it, it's to me, it's actually not about the being on stage part and the audience. It's about like this, this inhabiting this other person. Like, I don't know stepping into the shoes of another character that yeah, you're and just like talking about all that stuff and getting into it yeah so. i i find it uh really fun because i think a lot of people their first show is like les mis mm -hmm. it's such like 
like it's not like the show that you go in and it's like all like happy and light and stuff it's just it's kind of like a really like depressing sad show it's one of yes. my favorites yeah but you want it it's so interesting that you say that because i'm having a conversation with a friend who's an artistic director of a theater company and she's trying to find the magic formula of like you know in this post-covid time we these theaters got have to make money yeah so and it's like i really i do wish everybody would give everybody a little more grace about seasons right now because if we don't have theater companies that make money we won't have any shows yeah. let alone the shows that we want to see so you know we might have to reconcile that like not every show is going to be for you but can we not be such haters about <laughs> um but anyway i was trying to explain to them that i think that people really resonate with stories that they relate to yes so um shows like secret garden in the heights garden. finding neverland les mis les mis is really a story about about human beings and the human condition yes. um and yes a lot of sad stuff happens it's, it is yes it's about the revolution i get that but like what are the things about Les Mis we resonate with? Okay, Fontaine, Fontaine dying. Um, when Marius and, and Cosette sing, when Cosette's, uh, I'm sorry, when Marius and Eponine sing Little Fall of Rain, when Eponine sings On My Own, like that's because we've all been like unrequited love and, you know, mother, daughter, daughter, son, like all that stuff that we feel that. I mean, in the Heights, like all that family stuff, I don't have to be from that area, part of the country yeah. to understand what they're saying like maybe it's not exactly the same but i feel that and you know built my husband and i did finding neverland and people would just walk away from that show like so touched by you know i lost my mom or whatever it was and i think that those are the things that people want to i don't know it's just it sticks they with you in a different way than Music Man, which I love Music Man, so I'm not yeah, judging. Okay. And like, I do think it's good to have sh shows that are just fun for the sake of fun. Um, I definitely actually think we need more of those right now. But then we also, not every show has to also be a commentary on something. It just can be like, um, you know, or John and Jen, like, I don't know if you know the piece John and Jen, but like, that's about a sibling a very complicated sibling relationship or a mother son relationship and like pretty much every human being can relate to that so i love that you said that and i'm going to actually talk about that with my artistic director friend um yes. because it supports my what i'm trying to say and that's what i think it is i think i mean the music is beautiful for lame is but it's the best but like so much of that stuff. I mean, I hope I'm not spoiling the show for anybody, but like, even like when get Gav Rosh dies, and like that that turntable rotates around, and you just see that little boy, and you're just like, how do you not feel that? How does that not stick with you for like 20 years? I just think about that rotation, and then that red pool of light on this tiny little person. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, when they like announced the revamp of the tour, I was so sad because I'm in Dallas right now and it's not coming anywhere near Dallas. And I'm like, it's not. Oh, no. And I was and I was like, well, like, this is like such like, I don't know, like, it doesn't make me all happy when I leave the theater, but it's just my favorite show. It makes it makes me like feel the emotions that you're supposed to feel when you go to a theater. Yes. Yes, yes. And I feel like we've lost a little bit of that in in the like 
sparkle pop of everything, you know, that it's like, right. yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, I've done some shows that are just for good, clean fun. I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. Um, but yeah. And speaking of Les Mis, you were actually in Les Mis mm -hmm. on, on Broadway. And I want to talk about that. How cool was it to, after seeing the show and like, I'm assuming falling in love with the show. How cool is it to step into that show and be like, I'm part of this cast and I'm- Yeah, I, uh, man, when I got that call, I was like, yeah. I, I It's really hard to even explain that because it really has been one of my favorite shows, uh, my favorite show for so long. Um, I was just, I still feel like every time I hear that like a thing happens and I've I tried so many times to put music from the show into the stuff that I do with my students and I don't think that they they just don't like love it as much as I do and I get that try to stop trying to make, stop trying to make fetch happen Christine but like um You're like mean girls <laughs> that is what they want to do um it's just that the music is so, they, those composers are, I mean, Miss Saigon too, like I just, you can't yes. listen to that score and not like feel things. But you know, it's so weird. Um, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but like my opening night, my opening matinee <laughs> of being on Broadway was very not that exciting. Really? Just like a normal day or? It just felt like I'm because I think my I had been doing Mamma Mia the year before that and that was my first like big tour. I'd done a mini tour before that and then I did Mamma Mia. And when I went on for Sophie for the first time, I was like, you know, fresh out of school. Yes. And to me that was like magical because I was like, I'm doing Mamma Mia and this big show. And I'm going out for the principal. And so I think that my Broadway debut kind of just felt like a normal day at, at work. I was just in New York. Like, and I know that I don't mean to sound so like jaded about that, but it was, and because I had to do, I was like 2 p.m. and a 7.30 or whatever. And my parents were not there because they couldn't make it up that day. And so it was just like, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna do the show tonight yeah. too, and then the show tomorrow. Like, so, that part of it didn't have like, oh, my magical, whatever. But when I remember my first day of rehearsal, that was like cool. Yeah. Like singing Lovely Ladies and being like, this is cool. Ooh, and be like, oh. I, I, yeah, I really want to play Fontaine. So anybody out there, I think that would be full, full circle for me to be yes. able to do that. Um to like complete that sort of journey. Yes, oh my gosh. What's your favorite song in Les Mis? It's so hard to choose because like, I mean, I feel like I'm an on my own girl, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is such a sad song, but. Yeah, I feel like it's really tough for me because there's so many moments of the show that I love so much. Um, I think Little Fall of Rain is pretty hard to get through without crying. Um, I love, I mean, when you have a good Andros, like basically anything he does is pretty great. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to fall in love with that. Character. Yeah. I love the act one finale. I think is really well done. Um, 
Yeah. Like the whole show, honestly. I'm not saying any parts that Fontaine is in, I realize that, but um, yeah, and like Bring Him Home is beautiful. It's just like, if they're not a really good actor, it's pretty, but like when you have a guy who's just like giving, Mm -hmm. uh, and Stars is great too, actually. Oh my gosh, I I'm such a fan of that of that song. Yeah. <laughs> people are like ignore that song, and I'm like, no, no, no. It's no, so good. it's great. It's great, and like also, baritone bass baritones are like a dying um, type, and so when you hear a dude with like a nice bass baritone voice, it's like that's that, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, I really want to do it again. So if anybody. Yeah wants to hire me to direct or star in Alimas, I'm right here. <laughs> well, I'm all for manifesting. So we're yeah, gonna, yeah. So it's gonna happen. We're manifesting yeah. it right now. And I also, I do want to talk about Mamma Mia. Yes. That's such an exciting show. And I recently saw a regional production of the show and it's just so much fun. To it see is why. the most fun, is the most fun. Oh my gosh. There's like, you want to get up and dance as an audience member. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to sit down because one, I can't dance. And two, I'm not like no one's watching me. People are gonna throw stuff at me if I stand up and get in their way. But what was your audition process like for Mama Mia? And how exciting was it to get that audition process for the show and get to understand Sophie? To be honest with you, it was a very long time ago. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I just remember I went in a bunch of times. And this is probably gonna be a lot like hard for people to believe, but back in that and that time, you would go in for a show of that, you would go in for a long running show like 10 times before you got it. That's just, that was like, just that's the way it was. And it's just normal. It's just I, like, that was normal. Like Mama Mia, Wicked, even with Wicked, I think I went in seven or eight times before I got it. And that, but that was understood. They were like, you might not get it this time, but you're probably gonna get it next time. And I remember I went in right after my showcase and then I went in again and then in the summertime, they called me to come in again, and I was I was I was out of town, and I and I feel like that was the time that they were like, it was it was like my name was like at the top of the queue of like Christine's the next person we're gonna cast, and but I couldn't come in because and they didn't they didn't do self tapes then, um, and I just was like I'm sorry but. I'm, this is my first equity job. I'm getting my equity card. Like I need to finish this contract and I'm not going to like just leave and go to New York when I, we were in like, I think we were in Fort Worth or something actually. Ooh. Um, and then a couple months later, they called me back in again. It was the same material I had done before. It's, and it was like, I think, you know, they don't give you notes at that point. It's just like, you, you're doing it for the fifth time. I think in a way they're just like, want to make sure that you were consistent and you really could do what they wanted you to do. And, um, and then they called me like the next day and I found out that I was going to go on tour and I was very excited and it was going to be the most money I've ever made in my life. And, um, when I got to rehearsal the first day, they were like, we're we're actually going to teach you Sophie before we teach you your track. (laughs) Because the girl, the girl who was Sophie at the time was going on vacation the next week and the, they didn't have an understudy for her. So they were like, you have to be able to go on for Sophie so, next week. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Wow. So that happened quick. I like 40 times. So I got a really good chance to do it. Oh my gosh. That happened really quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. 
what was your favorite because I mean as I said the show was so much fun what was your favorite scene to be a part of as Sophie the last, uh, they call it the Donathon. Um, I played Donna last year. I don't know if you know that. I saw that on the podcast. Um, I was gonna actually ask you. Yeah, about that. Uh, it's slipping through my fingers. Oh, yes, yeah. tears. I also like Under Attack a lot. Oh yes. Take it, don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it hard learning the choreography for the show? No, it's fun. It's and it's not technically difficult dancing. So it was just fun. I don't I really mean, remember that you much. say it's not technical difficult. Te it's not difficult, but I'd be like, huh? <laughs> what what step am I supposed to do? I'd be like tripping over everyone. <laughs> Pretty like intuitive movement, I think. And that's on purpose. Yeah. It's supposed to feel like you could do it in your living room, I think. It's supposed to feel like the audience member can get up yeah. and dance. Yeah, like it's literally for It's supposed to make them want to get up and dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what was it like going back to Mamma Mia and playing Donna? And how is it, and what's it like getting to go from portraying one character in a show to portraying another character in a show? And how, I mean, how was it different? This, that time. Well, that was a really interesting experience because I wasn't supposed to be Donna. Uh, my husband and I were directing the show. Oh my God. And um, this is such a long story, but through a, a series of events, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I explain this? Okay, so we were supposed to start tech on a Monday and we were supposed to have a designer. We had the designer run on Thursday and on Friday morning, the artistic director called me and said, the name of the girl who was playing Donna is no longer going to be with us. And Christine, you have to do it. And I was oh. like, <laughs> You're like, oh. he was like, no, really. <laughs> That's funny. And I said, um, would you mind if I went upstairs really quick to make sure that I can sing winner takes it all before I say yes? But he said, yeah. And I was like, okay. So I ran upstairs really quick and I like sang through that and I was like, and I called him back and I said, I'm good. I'm good. We can do it. Um, so yeah, it was, I would love to do it again. Cause it was such a quick, I mean, I learned the whole show in 36 hours. Oh my goodness. The cast was like amazingly supportive considering the situation. And granted, now I know the show because I had done the show before and I directed the show. So it's like, to be fair, but um, yeah. And I think connecting to the material as a mom was very different. And like, you know, it's Mamma Mia. It's not Shakespeare. It's not brain science. Like yeah. it's Mamma Mia, but there was a lot of great stuff in there. That's really, and the reason people love the show is because there's some, some material in there that I think a woman of a certain age, and I mean that not disrespectfully, I mean that actually very respectfully, um, really relates to. And um, that was fun. And the girl who played Sophie was, she's awesome. We're great friends and um, we really liked working together and it was just such a short run. So I would like to do it again. 
Did you get to give like advice to the girl who was Sophie during the show or like yeah. it? She, well, I mean, I had given her advice on Sophie because I was directing her, but um, she was just really open. And I think we were both really open. So we were able to have a nice um, actor to actor rapport. Yeah. And, and she gets to be like, hey, I was in Mamma Mia and I was directed and I and I got to co-star with uh with a girl who played Sophie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play Sophie, like how mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. That's what cool. a cool experience that she's never that she's like never gonna forget. I mean, I hope so. It was fun. We had a good time. I just um, it's and when I look back and on a hindsight, I'm like, man, I wish we had had a longer run because it was so quick. But um, yeah, it was good. I feel like it should come back like on. A Broadway stage or something I don't know I feel like it's, it's funny that you say that because guess what my friend just sent me oh <laughs> um oh hold on I'm, I'm trying to pull it up it's breaking news just kidding um let's see let's see okay this was posted today Oh, um, Mama Mia! Oh, this ad. Are you kidding me? Oh, we love ads. I love ads on, ad. on And then they start like playing automatically, and I'm like, no, no, no! Yes. I didn't press anything. Okay, short engagement touring. Oh, tour September of 2023. Oh, that seems like so far away, but it's like so, also so close. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just like yes manifesting that and it's and it's the same team that did it before so oh my goodness it's literally gonna be like i'm assuming not exactly the same production but like yeah. kind of. um but i think we need something i think we need a show like that yeah I totally back on a tour. yeah it's like so exciting and it's so it's really it's real escape at a theater mm -hmm. exactly yeah so. Ooh, yes. Love that. And last Mamma Mia question is, what's your favorite ABBA song? <laughs> no pressure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, sorry. You know oh, what yeah, I really okay. like is, it's at the end of act one. What is it? Um, Ooh, yeah, the like, oh yeah. Yeah, like if I was at the gym and that came on, like that would be great. Oh, I would, yeah, I'd get a good workout to that for that song. Oh my gosh, that'd be great. It, I can't not ask about Wicked. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I, iconic show. Yes. I feel like it's going to be open forever. Hopefully, I don't jinx that. But you were Nessa Rose in Wicked yes. on tour. How exciting was that to audition for? Because even like, even in the early years of Wicked, it became huge so so fast. Yeah, I mean, and I definitely was in the, it was like five years in. Yeah. In. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, so, so to be honest, like that call was definitely, yeah, that was it. I was like, I made it. You're like, yes, um, I did it. <laughs> so I was actually a swing before I was Nasa Rose. 
Oh, and, that's so um, cool. I had gone in for Glinda um, seven or eight times. Well, a Glinda understudy. Yeah. And then the last time I went in, it was like me and, you know, another girl basically. And then at the end of the audition, they said, can you really just really quick read this Nasrose side? And I, in my mind, I was like, maybe they want this Glinda understudy to also understand Nessa. Cause at that time, well, I think it's still like that. Yeah. One Glinda understudy that also understudies Nessa Rose. And then the other understanding for Nessa Rose is the Alphaba understudy. It kind of, it depends on the company or the swing or whatever. Um, so I hadn't seen the show actually. Oh. Because at that time it was still. It was still you know, very new. Yeah. And you know, I was just a new actor of the city. Like I couldn't lay down $120 to go see Wicked. Yeah. So um, I didn't know Wicked Witch of the East because it's not on the cast album. So yeah. I, I, I sight read it. I sight read the scene. And I mean, I think I'm a good actor. So I just did the scene. And then they're like, that was, that was great. And, and then they said, uh, can you really quickly sight read this song? And it's that, like some terrible green lizard, you know, that salt, yes. salt which I also sight read. And um, because who listens to the opening of act one, <laughs> act two. Um, so then an hour later, I got a call and they said, they want you to be the swing. Can you be in Cleveland tomorrow? Oh my goodness. And, and, I, and my first question was, so no, no to Glinda then? Cause that's what I really wanted to do. Um, and they were like, yeah, not this time, but can you do it? Cause we really need you. So I was like, we need okay. a swing. so I swung for like eight months, nine months. And then, um, and I went on for NASA a bunch of times and it was so much fun. And then, um, the second national tour came around, came around and they invited me to audition for Nessaros. So I, they flew me to New York and I auditioned for Joe Mantello, who by the way is fantastic. Yes. He's a great actor's director. I have the most respect for that man as an actor. Um, so if anyone says anything otherwise about him, I am very defensive because he is an actor's director. Um, and, um, they called me and they told me that I was going to be originating the role on that tour, which is still to come out of my mouth. It's kind of weird. And, um, because, you know, now that tour has been going for it's still going. 13 years and there's, you know, probably 20 girls have played Nessa Rose and I'm just, you know, one of 20, but I do like to remind people that I'm like, I was the first one. So, um, just don't forget. <laughs> I mean, and there's there's cast members. There's like a current cast member who like makes like little like plaques and stuff with everyone's name on it. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm blanking on who the cast member is who who does that. I literally but, don't even know who it is anymore. Like, yeah. I um, post those, and that's so cool to like yeah. have like. And at the time, you know, the role has evolved over time for sure. Um. And I recognize even in that moment, like. And this is why I really respect, deeply respect Joe because I wasn't the kind of person who typically was cast in that role. And in and after I left the show, I also still am not what they have subsequently cast as that role. Um, but I think he just liked what I did with it. And he let me really do that. 
And, you know, maybe people can say like, I didn't like that because that's not what I was used to, but he really never gave me notes pretty much ever. I, um, he, he I remember he, yeah, he came to see the show like a couple months after we opened and as directors tend to do of long running shows, peel back the curtain is oh. you, you kind of sometimes get like this, you guys all suck kind of visit pretty That's early fun. because the, you know, it's, it's goes something like this. You guys aren't listening to each other. You're not, you know, the shows, the rhythm of the show is off. Everyone's just not listening. They're not acting. They're just schmacting. Like the, the pace is off, like this, you know, all this kind of stuff. And like with wicked, you know, that can really happen. Like, God bless those girls who play Linda, but sometimes they get a little out of hand, you know? It's so funny. He, he, just, he just turned to me. I should, I'm, I might, I probably sound so raggy, but he turned to, when he got, when we got to the Wicked Witch of the East scene and he said, Christine, wonderful work. And then, and then moved on. And I was just like, <laughs> um, like can I record it for like a cast album? <laughs> like, can we release the song, please? <laughs> I have, I do have recordings of it. Um, but then, you know, I just, I think, and I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but like it very quickly became a job for me because it is a smaller role. Um, and it's a great, that Wait. nine minutes of onstage is great, but like, I, I wanted to do more than that as an actor and as a vocalist and I was getting tired. It's very, that wheelchair is tough. It's it, really actually really horrible for your body. And I was constantly having like neck problems and my like rib, actually my ribs got out because I was like moving my body in a weird way. Um, Learn how to navigate the whole thing. And it was time to go. It was just time to go. And I would I would have loved to have come back to the show and to play Glinda because I think ultimately that is the part that is right for me. Yes. Um, but I think I'm too old now, so maybe. I mean, I <laughs> hey, you never know with Wicked. I feel like they <laughs> I feel like they cast people I feel like they cast people all the time, no matter like what. Like I feel like 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 you're fit for this role, you're good. Great. If it's ever um, regionally available, I but I feel like that would happen. But oh my um, gosh, it's it shocks me that it's still that it's not. Well, like, it they don't they don't need it to be. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I feel like I don't know how people would do like the Defying Gravity at like the high school. Well, like, that I don't think that will ever happen. But like you know, a, a show like Paper Mill or. Yeah, or something like they could get it like a big regional theater. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, but that won't happen for many years. So, yeah. okay. Do you think that Wicked Witch of the East should be released on a like album? Yes, or yes, it That's, should. Oh my it's gosh, outrageous. I yes. feel like people still like don't realize that song exists if they're going to see the show for the first time. And I'm like, this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a great little yeah. Oh God, I have so many stories. <laughs> <laughs> How did your portrayal of uh, Nessaro's change from going to swing to going to lead? Did it change at all or? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I just kind of established like where I thought she was coming from. Um, personally, I, I think when you can't ever, you can't ever when you play a character, I mean, like we were just talking about Javert, but like not to equate them, but you can't ever play a person like that and just be like, they're mean. You can't do that. 
and actually I don't think she is anyway, but you know, she's, <laughs> it's very easy to understand why she gets to where she gets to. And quite honestly, Alphaba is kind of annoying. Like you're like, girl, you make every, you do everything stupid. Like stop being so stupid. <laughs> and and you have like, the viewpoint as Nasa Rose because you're yeah. the opposite Alphaba. So you're like, hey, come on. I mean, and like she comes in there and she's like, Nessa, blah, 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 blah. And like, it's very easy to say, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Like I don't have legs that work. Like, you know what I mean? So I think, you know, when she goes off the rails about Bach too, like it's very easy to, yeah. She was a very flawed person who had a lot of inner struggles that she didn't deal with very well. Um, but I think over time, I was able to become more hardened with my portrayal of her because I think I, I eventually, the act two part of her like became more clear to me. And, but, but I think what was, what's just really important with her is that you have that act one, she has, there has to be like an innocence to her. Yeah. That's like, especially during dancing through life. Yeah. That has to be like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like I, you brought me here. She has no idea all that stuff. And, um, and, and curiosity that she has about everything and hope and hope. Um, and I think that you have to play that contrast, but definitely over time, I think I, I grew to understand the act two part of her much better and justify to myself a lot easier, like where she was, um, which also made it consequently harder to sing <clears throat> because you put more emotion into it. Yeah, because when you get that emotional eight times a week, it it does really wear on your voice like a lot. And I know a lot of us who have played that part relate to that. Because it I, yeah, it's a lot of heightened speech. Um times yeah. a day, like that's very tiring to do. I mean, I was gonna say though, I love, love, love when like when the Nessa Rose does use like the anger in the second act to sing that song like that just makes a that makes a huge difference in how you see the show yeah i mean it should have like some visceral gutty like but that's also very hard to do eight times a week because yes, yeah so that is. and that's what i think after a while just like i mean when i did pippin there was the same thing when you when you put yourself really into that and then after a while it's like i know i can't do it today i'm so tired you know mm -hmm. um and i don't mean to sound like you should she, her, but like it is exhausting she arguably changes mm -hmm. the most from act one to act two yes, yes. i mean you could say that alphabet maybe does but well, i think the alphabet becomes the person that actually becomes the person that she was yeah she actually is that person from the beginning she just doesn't know it I feel like the arch, and you don't see the arch happen on stage. Exactly. So it's kind of like a, it's a time jump, and then you see her, and she's like completely different. Yes. She was in Act One. Yes. I have to ask, why do you think Wicked has run for as long as it has, and why do you think it will keep running? I think the same thing we were talking about before. It's a, it's very easy to put yourself in. I mean, I know she's green, so like that's not, it's not an exact 
you know, comparison, but like we all can, see, we all see ourselves in Alphaba. And if you don't see yourself in Alphaba, you see yourself in somebody. Yes. I mean, I actually think that Glinda's character is extremely sympathetic. She's, she's pathetic and then she's sympathetic. Um, if that makes sense. And, um, for, and I, I think it's like, the character of Alphaba is relatable to so many people who feel like they were an outsider or they didn't fit in or they had an awkward phase or, I mean, so many things. And the, what's, what Schwartz has done with those songs, even though he says some things that are, are specific to Wicked, so much of it is not specific to Wicked. It's, it's a universality of feeling like that and overcoming that that I think just people feel that. I mean, when she sings a fine gravity, it's like, okay, yeah, she's going to go talk to the wizard. But like, really what she's saying is I am realizing that this is the person that I was the whole time and look out for me. And, um, yeah. And like, you know, my, my husband played Fiero and I've coached, I've coached many a male on Fiero and him too. Like he's, it's very easy to be like, he's dumb, but he's totally not. Oh. He's actually just privileged and unaware. Yes. And he needs a, someone else to show him that that is not how life works. And, and, and then two people who meet each other who are the only two people in the world who see each other for who they really are. That, and it's like, it's very easy to be like, well, they fall in love. No, they actually, it's more than that. They can it's, relate to each other. He's like, I see you. And she's like, I see you. You're not stupid. And you're not just an erratic green person. Like, and um, I think that that also is really relatable to people. Um, and Box just really annoying. So just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've, some of some of what the wizard says is very um, oh, it really for, forever uh, <laughs> appropriate. Oh yes, um, and yeah, and the music's yeah. great. Stephen Schwartz writes a great catchy tune. Oh my um, gosh! And I mean, yeah. I have no problem sitting through the first act, even though it's like almost ninety minutes exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's yeah. fine. Like, I'm, I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'm going to sit through this act. And I can exactly. feel to intermission. Exactly. So, so, yeah, I mean, iconic show. So if you could go back to playing any role that you've played before, whether it's regionally or on tour mm -hmm. or Les Mis, I know you said Les Mis. And yeah, I would like to, I would like to play Fontaine. I would like to do Donna again. But I actually, I did Nelly in South Pacific and Ooh. Um, I could do that forever. That one, cause that is like hard, but it's also vocally a, like pretty great, yeah. perfect for me. It's not too high, but it's not belty. Um, I would like to do that again. Uh, I could do anything else. I don't know. I loved playing Catherine. Like, I mean, to date it's my favorite experience um but i actually don't think that i could do it again and the reason for that is because it was a very very special experience that i never want to try to do i i mean i would have to be like a broadway revival with 
an amazing director. But I just, I don't think that I could ever come close to that experience ever again. Um, and I think I would only ever be disappointed. So I just think I should not try. <laughs> like this experience was too good. Uh, it be topped. Yeah. Yeah. I to direct it. Oh. Yeah. Um, there's actually, yeah, there's actually a couple of shows that I have on my, like, I would like to direct list. Oh, yeah. I love that you direct because like, it's so cool to have like the, to like know as an, to like know how to direct another act, another actor, mm -hmm. actress, mm -hmm. as an actress yourself. You can be like, Hey, like this works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I've yeah. seen this work and this work and this work as an actress myself. And I think that this is a really good approach to directing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool to have like both sides of to be yeah, on, like, it's both me, sides. It's actually made me a better actor because I understand a lot more things than me now. Yes. Oh, I love that. So what I, I know we kind of touched on this earlier. What advice would you give to young performers in the industry on self-confidence? Um, well, I think I just want to be careful because I don't want to make it just be like, be confident, you know, just don't listen. Because I also think you have to be humble. Yes. And you have to be open to feedback because you don't know everything because you're young. <laughs> um, but what I would say is the more training you have, the more you can rely on that to inform you to, to, to not concern yourself so much about like, I'm nervous right now. Yes. Like your training will come through in the moments that it needs to be there for you. Um, and confidence is hard because I don't, I think ultimately, and I speak from my own experience that has to come from no one, but you, I could tell you up and down, all day long you're amazing but if you do not believe that you are it's just words so i would say i want you to be honest with yourself and truthful with yourself about how you feel about all the things that you feel and if you really want to work on your confidence you have to be honest about the things that bother you and and address how you can make that better instead of saying oh i'm just not confident well how what would what would you like how can i help you be more confident um and if they say like well i'm insecure with my dancing well let's get you to a place where you don't feel like that that doesn't mean we have to make you into a dancer but let's make it so you can get through a dance call without hating yourself and then therefore when you go to your singing audition you won't let that inform how you're singing if that makes sense yeah, um, completely. Like I try to say, like, turn it into a positive, you know, um, but be honest about like addressing the problem because shaking it off and saying like, well, I'm just not confident. Well, that's not going to get better if you just pretend that it's like you have to fix, you have to work on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that completely makes sense. Because I mean, one thing, if you go into an, to a dance audition and you don't feel confident, it is going to affect the next, yeah. the next thing. The other thing is, and I, I should have loved this, you're an actor. So act like you're confident. We will believe you if you're a good actor. Hey, hey yes. Um, 
I do this all the time in life. Um, the other day, my car, we're having a little bit of an issue with our car. And, oh. and the guy was like, basically trying to like, you know, upcharge me, right? And I pretended that I know what I'm talking about by being like, no, no, I'm not gonna pay for that. No, this is what you're gonna do, you know? And do I know what I'm talking about? No, <laughs> but, he, but he thinks I do. Yeah. And so, and that's the thing. It's like, when you go into an audition or you go on stage and you're like freaking out inside, that's actually fine but act like you're because you're but your character would not unless yeah. right unless it's but, like some like three super yeah character exactly. <laughs> so you have to you have to put away you and be like what is happening right now yes um the, but also you can like physically go through a lot of things to like manifest confidence you can like there's breathing stuff you can do there's like don't forget that like nerves are a physiological response to what your body perceives as being a threat and like, I as it literally does not know the difference between a bear in the woods and i have to sing 16 bars like it does not discern import of threat like it's just like threat and no threat so when those things start to happen you have to actually kind of shift the physiological response even if it's fake if that makes sense. So, um, and that's like a lot of what, we, what I do with my students is just like, okay, it's happening now. So let's come up with a strategy to, to flip it around. Even if that in the back of your mind, you're like, oh my God, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. But if you, if your body hasn't gotten to that level of freaking out, like your breathing will not be affected. I think it goes back to the, to the authenticity thing too, because, yes. because, Hey, like, be be you be authentic and don't compare yourself to other people that you see on social media online yes all that stuff's fake okay i'm gonna say something and i don't mean shade okay those cast recordings that you compare yourself to are auto-tuned and compressed within an inch of their life that is actually not even that actor's real voice it is yeah. but it's not so stop trying to be that if there's an off day, they can you fix cannot it. have expectations for yourself of a machine because you are not one. You are a person. And I often say to my students, stop trying to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. Yes. And I and that's like not a condemnation of them. That's to say, no. well, you're never going to be happy then because you are not perfect. I am not perfect. No one is perfect. So instead of setting the bar at perfect, instead of that the best that I was capable of doing today. Yes. It, yeah, no matter what you're going through that day. Yeah. And and if you're auditioning for a, a college, may, maybe some of you are, stop trying to be Jeremy Jordan. Jeremy Jordan is like 25 years older than you, okay? Be you at 17. That is what they want. They do not want a, an a, fully realized actor who's been in three principles on Broadway. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean saying? Like, you have to be where you are. Otherwise they would, otherwise they would just be like stunt casting the whole show. If yes. they, yeah. Like, so yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm older <laughs> and no. I am a soprano who belts, but, and I can still sing all the things I could sing before. Probably better uh, than I could before, to be honest. You, but I mean, I've heard as a singer, like your voice only like you have more control as you as you grow yes. up. 
but I will also not lie. Like I enjoy singing certain kinds of music now more because it just it wraps around better on my voice every day. You learn. Yeah. And I, there's like certain things that I don't even want to do them because it's too much work and I would be too stressed out about it actually. Like I wouldn't want to do alphabet now because I just wouldn't enjoy my life. And not that I am an alphabet. I'm just using it as an example. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay that I'm like a lyric soprano. Like that is what I am. And I, I'm, I would waste so much energy and time like trying to be, I'm Christine Dwyer is a dear friend of mine. I don't know if you know her, but she's oh, yeah, yeah. an ultra extraordinaire. I am not her and she's not me. And you can't try to be each other. And I would never walk into, I mean, if we were to ever go in for the same thing, which oddly we have, which is really funny and weird, but. Really? You're, you're, you're like, wow. It's literally apples and oranges. Like they may want an apple and they may want an orange. I am not an orange. I am an apple. So you, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And release into that and be like, that's not what I am. Like they're looking for someone who's not me or another role. Or they don't actually know what they're looking for. True. Until someone walks in. Which is why they bring in an apples and oranges. Cause they're like, do you want this or this? And then the, the director's like, I don't know. And then they see one and they're like that. They're like, eh, can't decide. Uh, yeah. So I think, I don't know if that helps and answers a question, but I just like to turn it around into a more empowering place to say, yeah. don't make it, it's not one thing you have to do. It's not two things you have to do. It's, you don't have to change yourself. You just have to have some let goes, yeah. you know, some like release. And yeah. And honestly, I can see why like you're so good at explaining things i can see like why you're why you make such a great teacher and coach for these students where can people find out how to sign up sure okay so you can go to my website www.christinereese.com or you i'm on instagram a lot for all the things i do you can dm me on instagram and then i can send you more information about whatever it is you want so we've got a couple things i you know i teach private voice i do private coachings i have pre-pro, I have college process, we do photography, whatever. I also teach master classes for teachers. I also, you know, I do some performance coaching for like adult professional people who have meetings that they have to do. So like really just say, hey, I wanna work with you. And I usually try to find a way. Um, I think those are the easiest ways is we just go to my website or my Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell all my singing and theater friends to sign up for yes, yes. you because the advice you give is incredible. And also I have two more questions. One is a really quick question. It's about Wicked. So if you could dream cast you in a Wicked show as any role opposite anyone else, who would you cast in the show? So I'm casting myself in Wicked. Yeah, you can cast yourself in any role and then cast like your dream cast to be a part of. Okay, well, obviously I would be Glinda and my friend Christine Dwyer would be Elphaba and my husband would be Fiero, which is really weird because he would end up with my friend Christine. But she, <laughs> is, <laughs> but she, is, but she uh, is an amazing Elphaba. Like yes. you, she's amazing. 
Um, and my husband is an awesome Fiero, and I actually think Glinda and Alphabet is the real love story. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. It's kind of like Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Anna and Elsa, the sisterhood. Yes. yes. There's so much of Frozen that relates to Wicked. I don't, I don't know. Frozen is another one of my favorite shows, and maybe that's yeah, why. But I, but I actually do think I'm an Elsa, so. Yes! Oh, um, I it's love that. slightly different Tessitura. Anyway. Yes. Um, and cool. What was your last question? So my last question is, you mentioned you have a show coming up. Yes. And what is that show? Where is it? How can um, you it? I am doing a production of Secret Garden, and I am playing Martha. And if you don't know the score, it is gorgeous. It's um, and they're doing Secret Garden at the Amundsen in LA, I think. Yes, and I, I have heard that they're like maybe going to tour it or something. So if you haven't seen it, you'll get a chance to see it soon. But it is so pretty. And one of my students is actually playing um, Mary. Oh. So it's going to be cool because Martha's pretty much only on stage with Mary. <laughs> so it's like me and Kayla. Her name's Kayla. So me and Kayla will get to have our own like little um, thing. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Okay, so where can people get tickets for it? Um, so I don't know if you know, I live in Georgia now. Um, yeah, it's Atlanta. Yeah, uh, it's at the Jenny T. Anderson Theater uh, in yeah. Marianna. So I think it would be, I think it's andersontheater.org. It's a concert. It's like a semi-staged concert. Think like encores. Like that's kind of what Ooh. it is. Um. I'll definitely find the link and like yeah, put it yeah, in yeah. the and description. I, you know, the producer, the artistic director of this company is really great with social media and I'm sure there'll be footage on my Instagram. So you can, if you're not in the Atlanta area, you can watch my Instagram. Oh my gosh. I love the secret garden and I'm so glad there's like productions that are so many productions that are happening in the near future. I'm telling, I'm telling you it's a show that an artist, these theaters need to do because people love it. Good. It's so good. I was, I don't do like on stage stuff anymore. I'm more behind the scenes, but it was as a child, I did uh, like, I was in like a children's theater company and I did the show as in an ensemble, as an ensemble member and I fell in love. Yeah, a great piece, yes. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. me to talk today. You oh, thank you, this is great. good. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!